Good morning. Good to see everyone here this morning. I hope I have something to say that might be useful. Um, what brought this on was I was going through an employee handbook that we have for the company I work for. Worked for, and they have a, the very first page on the very top. They have what they call a mission statement. And this was several years ago, back when I was still riding a driving a school bus. And the mission statement says, we will transport kids safely to and from school and events in a timely manner. That was our mission statement. And everything we did in that company pointed back to that. No matter what it was, it was to get that mission statement accomplished that we would transport the kids safely and in a timely manner to school and other events. Every policy that was made was pointed in that direction. Every training we had was pointed in that direction. It all went back to that. Now, were there other things that we did besides that? Yes, there were things that we had to do to get to that point. Many of you work for companies that have mission statements. This company will do this, and this is our main focus, and everything we do points back to this. There are organizations that have mission statements, charitable organizations. Just about everywhere you look, you find mission statements. And as I was thinking about this, I'm like, well, what is the mission of the church? You know, we talk a lot about mission statements in our business lives, and, and we know what missions certain things have because they broadcast that, and they say, this is our mission, and this is what we're going to accomplish, and everything we do is going to point back to this. Well, is there a mission that the church is? Is there one particular mission that everything we do points back to? I believe there is. I believe the scriptures teach there is. Now, it may not be just come out and say, this is the mission statement of the church, but everything that is in the Bible points back to this one thing. This one major issue. And everything we do should be pointing back towards that. Now, do all the things we have to do have to only do with that? No. But it should all point back to that mission statement and getting that accomplished. You know, when you talk to people, you can talk to people and you can ask them, well, what, what do you think the mission statement of the church is? I actually Googled it. Because <laughs> you know if it's on the Internet, it has to be true. Well, they did, this, they did surveys and they've asked this question and here's some of the answers they came up with. To be a light in the community, is, is that something we should do? Well, yeah. But is that the overall mission of the church? I don't know. Have you even really thought about it? What is the overall mission of the church? And what role do I play in that mission? Is that the mission? Or how about to be charitable? You know, there are many churches that donate great amounts of money to certain causes. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But is that the overall mission of the church, that everything we do should be pointing to us helping people? No. I don't believe that's what the Bible says. Now, is that part of what we should do? I believe so, yes. We should be a giving people. But is that the overall mission? How about to show God's love? You know, God is love. We've got to show that we're part of God. We've got to show His love. Is that something we should be doing? Absolutely. But again, is that the overall mission? I didn't come up with these answers. These were people that were asked. I believe it was by a Presbyterian church. They sent out surveys and got them back. And these were some of the top answers that I was looking at on their particular website. 
This is what everyday people think the mission of the church is. How about to worship God? We are put on this earth to worship God, and that is our main mission, and everything we do should be pointing towards that. Oh, I believe we ought to worship God. Yes, absolutely. If I didn't believe that, why, would I, why am I here this morning? But again, is that the overall mission of the church? Well, where can we go to find this? Who should we ask? You know, if you go to your company and you want to ask them about their mission statement, you probably go to the boss. The CEO, the COO, somebody that's up in management that you know knows what they want that company to be and how they want that mission statement to be accomplished. But what did Jesus have to say before he left this earth? Let's look at Matthew. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. So I have all authority. I have all authority in heaven and here on earth. And this is what I'm telling you. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. A lot of times we call that the Great Commission. That was Jesus' focus. That's the last thing he told his disciples before he left. You go into all the world and teach them, baptizing all nations. Does that sound like that's a mission statement to you? It does to me. That sounds like just about every other mission statement I've ever read. There's a clear goal. There's a clear way to meet that goal. That's what it sounds like to me. Now let's break this down just a little bit. Because there's some things we're going to have to do to fulfill this mission statement. Go therefore. You know the best companies in the world, do they just sit back and wait for customers to come to them? I have this great product. Just come to me and talk to me about it. I don't think that's how that works or else Super Bowl commercials wouldn't be worth an estimated $2.5 million every year for 60 seconds of your time. Imagine that, making $2.5 million for 60 seconds. Why? Because people want to, you to know what their product is. They're going to go out and tell you what it is. A lot of times, if a company fails, it's because they're not going out and sharing what their product is and what they can do for people. You know what? This is the one I have the biggest issue with. Go. <laughs> I get home. I'm tired. I don't want to go out. I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to go home and relax. I've worked a full day. We have activities we want to do, personal activities. I want to eat dinner, take a shower, and most likely go to sleep and do it all again tomorrow. I have a problem getting that motivation to go, but we have to go. We can't just sit back and expect people to come to us. If that happens, great. That's a bonus. But are we actively going out into the community and telling people about Jesus? Or are we just waiting for them to come to us? I may not know a whole lot about the stuff I learned in English in high school, but I do know one thing. Go is a verb. And a verb is an action word. So i got to go do something. There's something involved in that. So whenever I go, I also have to do something else besides just go out. If I just go out and look at people and not do anything, what's that accomplishing? So what's the action we're to be doing? Make disciples of all nations. You know, that doesn't leave anybody out. 
there's somebody you know next door to you, they're not left out of that statement. There is nobody in this world that is left out of that statement. We have missions going in Belize, Nigeria, India, through all nations, teaching the Word of God. Now, does that mean specifically you've got to go to every country in the world? No. I'm not in every country in the world. I have no desire to travel to every country in the world. But what am I doing about my part? You know, we're very blessed here to have an evangelist that works with us. There are some things he can do with us, train us, do some things. But is it overall just, okay, we got an evangelist, so we can just let him take care of all that? You know how hard it would be for one man to take care of all of Ditton, Texas? You know how hard it would be for one man to take care of just this part of Ditton, Texas? That's why he didn't say evangelists go. He said all go and teach and make disciples of all nations. And it says baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, if we're going to make disciples... What's some of the things that we're going to have to do? Well, one of them is baptizing in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, how do we get people to do that? Well, we're going to have to teach them something. There's got to be some sort of teaching involved in that. We'll get into what that teaching is here in a little bit, but we are to teach these people, and by the end of that teaching, they should come to the conclusion, I need to be baptized. That's what the end conclusion should be. He said, make disciples, baptizing them. So if we teach them what God has taught us to teach them, by the end of that lesson, that study, whatever it is, the conversation you're having, they ought to come to the realization, hey, I need to be baptized. And then after they're baptized, what do we do? Teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. You know, sometimes we get that in reverse. Before we teach them the gospel, we want to teach them everything about revelation, or we want to teach them everything. That's not what God has called us to do. You know, not everybody can teach everything on revelation. That's a hard subject. That takes some deep, deep study time. But to teach people they need to be baptized and to make disciples out of them, that's not a very hard subject to understand if we put our time and effort into learning the subject. If we continue on in Mark 15, uh, 16 and 15, and he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Preach the gospel. Well, okay. We've all heard the gospel. Well, that's the good news. Well, yeah. But what are we teaching them about this good news? What are, we, what are we supposed to teach them about that? You know, I could just go out and say, hey, the gospel, did I teach you anything about it? No, what, well, what is that? If somebody was to come up to you today and ask you what the gospel was, would you be able to answer the question? Would you be able to answer that question? I know everybody in here would like to say, well, yeah, I can answer that pretty good. But could you really? I've asked some people that. They, I've had people come to my door, knock on my door one time and go, I'm going to teach you about the gospel of Jesus. I go, well, what's the gospel? And they say, the good news. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be an interesting conversation real quick. 
But if somebody was to ask you that question, what would your answer be? Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which ye also are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which is I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Would that be your answer? Because that's what the Gospel is, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And is it good news? Yes, it's very good news. But there's more to it than just that. Paul said, I delivered this Gospel into you. It saved you, and now you stand in it. So that's more than just good news. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, why, why do we need to teach people that? Well, why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus lay down his life for us? Was it possibly because all of sin and come short of the glory of God? We all have a problem. And if we remember the scriptures, God can have nothing to do with sin, and we've all sinned, so there had to be something that takes place to take care of that sin for us. So Jesus came to this earth. He lived his life. He went before Pilate, before Kings before the Sanhedrin council was sentenced to death and rose again that way my sins might be forgiven. Does this sound like you have to understand years and years of Bible theory to understand this? No. Anybody, anybody who studies the Bible and studies this subject should be able to at least be able to teach somebody a common knowledge of this. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and not only did it end, not end when he was buried, he rose again. Defeating death. And now we have a hope that our sins may be forgiven and we can live together with him in heaven forever. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also the Greek. Is that part of the reason we don't teach it? Because we're ashamed of it? I don't want to be thought that I'm the weird person. I don't want to be thought of as the, the nut job, the Christian nut job. I don't want to be thought of as the guy that nobody can be around without this coming up. I'm ashamed to bring it up. I'll tell you, that's a big problem. That's why a lot of people don't teach the gospel because they're afraid of how people will look at them when they do it. But it is so powerful that it was salvation for the Jew first and then the Greek. It was it's so powerful it could save everybody on this planet. If there was a drug on this planet that could make everybody live forever, you think people wouldn't talk about it? You won't ever get sick. You won't ever die. You won't have any pain. All you got to do is take this drug. How hard do you think it would be to keep that quiet? Yes, this isn't going to make you live forever down here. I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong on that. 
But it promises you an everlasting life where there is no pain, there is no death. And we hide it because we don't want to be thought of as weird. How many of you recall the Apostle Peter from Scripture? Yeah. I hope everybody does, but how did Peter meet Christ? Do y'all know know that story of how Peter met Christ? It wasn't because Christ went up to Peter and go, hey, Peter, I'm in the... It was because his brother met the Savior, ran as fast as he could to his brother and told him about him. He didn't hide it. He didn't keep it to himself. He ran as fast as he could and told the people he cared about about him. But yet today, we sit back and keep it all to ourselves. You know, there's a word for that. It's called selfish. I don't want you to have this great thing that I have because I'm too embarrassed to tell you about it because of what you might think about me. Have you ever got involved with some sort of company and you just thought it was the greatest product in the world? How many people did you tell about that? If they asked for a suggestion about whatever this product does, and this product's the best at it, and they asked you about it, how many of, how many of you just go, no, I'm just going to keep that to myself? I'm not going to help you out. I just want to keep this product all to myself. But we do that with the gospel every day. Let's not do that. Let's not be ashamed to teach the gospel of Christ. Let's spread it far and wide, shout it as loud as we can. Because this is the greatest gift that has ever been given. Why is the mission important to God? The Lord is not slacking concerning His promises as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He doesn't want anybody to be lost. That's why this mission is important to Him. He's not slacking His promises, but He's given us time. That way we may come to His gospel and be a part of his family. Because there is coming a day, if you read Matthew 25, when we all will be judged. And we're going to hear one of two things. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, or depart I never knew you. And he doesn't want anybody to hear, depart I never knew you. That's why he's given us time down here to teach this gospel. Because it's important to him that not everybody, he wants everybody to come to repentance. He doesn't want anybody to perish. So he gives us time to teach his gospel to all nations. What happens if I ignore the mission? Well, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You know, have you ever planted an apple tree and got a peaches? I haven't. My dad thought he was going to be slick one time and plant a watermelon and cut a little hole in it once it got to a certain size, put some strawberry flavoring in it, and said he was going to have the only strawberry watermelon. It didn't work. They died right when he, after he drilled the hole. I mean, it took a couple of days, and they were all dead. We don't plant certain things and get other things. You're a Christian. What fruit you bear is other Christians. And if you don't bear those, he's going to take you away. If you don't bear fruit in that cause, he's going to take you out. What are we doing to ensure that we're bearing fruit? You know, I know that not everybody's talents are equal. I know God has put us all in the body as he has seen fit for our abilities. 
But are we using our abilities to point towards that mission? That's a, uh, this is, just goes in a little bit more detail about the vines here. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. That's what happens if you don't bear fruit. So are we making sure all of our abilities that God has given us to us are pointing back to that mission? How are we doing? If you had to grade yourself, what grade would you give it? A, F, B, C? How would you be doing? You know, I went with my dad. He held a lot of the gospel meetings. And I went with him on a lot of them. And Mike probably has been on meetings like this too, where when you show up, they have a full list of people ready to go. I need you to go talk to this guy. Go talk to this guy. And I remember one particular meeting, my dad was there. He's like, okay, who's going with me? You know how many raised their hand, Mike? Nobody. <laughs> you know what my dad told the people at that congregation? He goes, I can go talk to these people, but I am not going to have the effect on somebody that sees them every day. If they know you better than me, you're going to have a greater effect on them than I ever will. I've been doing evangelistic work for 20 years, and you will still have a bigger effect on them than I ever will. I need some of y'all to go with me. Because they know you, they see you, they know the kind of people you are, and you'll have a greater effect on those people than I ever will. Well, what are some of the excuses that we can come up with? Well, I said, I'm tired, I don't feel like going out, I don't feel like... You know what all that equals? I just want to be lazy. <laughs> I just want to sit around and, not do, and just do what I want to do. That's not good. Well, I don't know enough to teach people the gospel. I just don't know enough. Well, there's a remedy for that. We have men here in leadership, an evangelist, that can teach you the gospel that way you can teach other people. Like I said, it's nothing that's going to take two or three years to learn how to teach. It is the very rock-solid principle of the kingdom of God. We at least need to have that down. That way when somebody asks us about the hope that's within us, we're ready to answer. Because the hope that is within you, that doesn't have it to do with every single biblical debate. It doesn't. It has to do with the fact the hope that's within me is my Savior came, He died, was buried, and rose again, and I have a chance to go to heaven because of that. It's not that I can debate every single biblical doctrine from every position before I can go out and tell people about that. It's not that. Okay? So we've gotten to the fact where I don't feel like going. Uh, I don't feel like I know the subject enough. Well, here's one that Moses used. I'm not a good speaker. I can't talk to these people. You know what? You may not be the best speaker. That's a very possible fact. But how hard is it to tell them that somebody had a Savior that came to this earth, died for them, and rose again? That way their sins can be forgiven. You don't have to be eloquent in tongue to do that. 
You don't have to perform some sort of great speech to do that. You know what it takes to do that? To care enough about your fellow man that you're willing to teach them about the greatest thing that has ever happened on this earth. You know, as the scriptures tell us, what shall a man profit if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? There are people that you know today that have not been taught their soul is in danger. And it's the most valuable thing they have. If, somebody's, if you knew somebody's house was going to be broken into, wouldn't you tell them? If you know, hey, I heard that somebody's going to be breaking into your house at this time. I heard it. Wouldn't you do something about it? We may not know the time. We may not know the place. But we know it's coming. And there are people's souls out there at risk that we know, that we talk to on a daily basis. And yet because of my own insecurities, I'm not going to talk to them about it. You know, everything we do at this congregation points back to preaching the gospel. You go, surely not everything we do does that. Come on, Jeremy. We had a chili cook-off. How does that point back to... We eat lunch here at the building every day. How does that point back to that? Think about it. Yeah, our fellowships are fun. We get closer together. And that's byproducts of that. Yes, and those are good things. But what happens if we have a visitor come in and sees how close we are? That's a church I want to be a part of. That's a church I want to talk to, see what they know about. It all points back to preaching the gospel. We may get other benefits out of it, and there's nothing wrong with that. But everything this congregation does and everything you do as a member of this congregation, because, as we said, it wasn't commanded just to certain people in the congregation to go out and spread this gospel. It was for everybody. Everything you do should be pointing to the fact that I want to spread the gospel through Denton, Texas. And if we ever accomplish where that's done, then we can move on from that. Let's worry about our own little area here, and then we'll go into the rest of the world. But in this community, are we doing what we need to do? And I will wholeheartedly say that there's no congregation that you can be a member of that couldn't do these things better. There's no congregation that doesn't have room for improvement in these things. And why is that? Because nobody's perfect at it. The main thing that you're going to need to worry about, because you're going to stand before God and give account to how you did this, how did I take care of the opportunities that were presented to me? Did I let them pass me by because of my insecurities? Or did I take the time to teach them the gospel of Christ? And then after that, once we get that foundation, then we can start teaching the other things that may go a little bit more in depth and we can have some help to do that. But there is nobody more influential in the people's lives that you know. The elders here aren't. The deacons here aren't. Mike's not. If you see them on a daily basis and you expect us to be able to walk in and have the influence that you do, it's just not going to happen. So in worst case scenario, if you know somebody, get with somebody that is comfortable teaching it and you go with them because you have the influence that we don't. You have the influence in your world that we don't. 
But the main thing is don't just let it pass you by because of your insecurities. Because you will give an account one day how you handled this. And I'm not here to tell you what, how you're doing on it because I don't know exactly what you do 100% of your time. But what I want you to do is think about how you're doing it. How am I doing at this particular thing? Or am I letting all my opportunities just pass me right by? Think about that. And if you need to do better at this or there's something else that we can help you with, won't you come and have a seat on the front row while we stand and sing?